Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All engine running. Absolute genius. Get this. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> this is the show where we bring you science. What that essentially means is discovery is questions. Research. Technology. Unbelievable. Without further ado, this is The Naked Scientist. Hello, Merry Christmas and welcome to The Naked Scientist, the programme that brings you the latest breakthroughs in science, technology and medicine. With me, Chris Smith. And because it is Christmas, it means we do things a bit differently. And that means it's time for you to grab your joystick, fire up your console and join Chris Barrow and Lee Milner, who are going naked gaming. From Cambridge University's Institute of Continuing Education, this is The Naked Scientist's. We've been let out of our box. Yes. Unwrapped. Can they handle us? We'll see. Uh, if you haven't heard us before, uh, we're married, we have a new baby, and yet we still find time to fit in gaming. It's a miracle. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, on the way in the next half hour, how scientists are helping to make sure that games are scientifically accurate. Do we actually have a Dungeons and Dragons correspondent? How much do we pay him? It's a one-off special. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know where that, that funding is coming from. Anyway, our Dungeons & Dragons correspondent Alex Rhodes plays the award-winning Baldur's Gate 3. I picked a drow, which is basically like a dark elf sort of character. Then it asks you, OK, what class do you want to be? Uh, so I picked a paladin. And then it says, OK, what subclass of paladin do you want to be? And we're looking ahead to the best games of 2024. First, though... Some singing. La 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 la. I'm so sorry, everybody. Do you like that? No. Was I kind of in tune? Uh, <laughs> moving swiftly on. There's actually, this year does involve a fair amount of singing with Christmas caroling, etc. Yeah, a composer has invited people from all around the world to join an online video game choir called Game Choir. Well, that's a good name for it. I mean, it's spot on, isn't it, really? <laughs> really? It's founded by a guy called uh, Ben England. He says more than a thousand people have actually signed up to take part. The group will sing songs from games like Zelda, Minecraft and Halo. And Chris, well, you've been catching up with him. I started a whole load of choirs during the pandemic. Uh, I, I was, prior to the pandemic, I did a lot of work with what we call face-to-face choirs. And of course, that all went away when you couldn't sing in the same room. But I realised there was a huge gap in people's lives that needed to be filled with singing and so I established a a group called Home Choir and another one called Choir of the Earth which brought people together who were singing anyway and formed these big communities of people who really bonded during that experience and it it, so goes beyond uh, uh, the kind of group perhaps that you might be you know when you sit down with friends over Zoom it really did become that sort of family feel and people I absolutely love it. We're still doing this several years later. But I am also, as I'm sure you appreciate, as are you, I know, a a really keen gamer. And my children are gamers. My wife's a gamer. And I 
just saw an opportunity to kind of bring a little bit of that community building, that cohesion, that sense of belonging um, to to the gamer community. Perhaps those people who, I know, maybe they feel isolated. Um, it's one of the things that I suppose people think about gaming is that, you know, you have that vision of someone sitting alone in a room, um, you know, playing games. And okay, you you have your gaming community, but there's not very often that you get a chance to interact literally with thousands of other gamers on something that's really positive and really, uh, really fun and really engaging, like singing. I think there are a few entry points for classical music these days compared to, you know, it, you either sort of started learning like I did at the age of three. With, my parents were, you know, violinists, so there's no escape kind of thing. But right. there's the other way, which is either film music or I think nowadays video game music as well. There's there's a huge kind of entry point for people. Did you feel that it was important for, for, for gamers to have an opportunity to get involved in that sense because th- there isn't really that many other ways you can get interested in classical music apart from if you love film and if you love gaming yeah no uh, 100% um and really it's it goes beyond classical music it's just singing in general yeah i think um i was for many years before i did this job i was a teacher and i worked in schools um all over and one of the things that i'm afraid to say at the moment is that music is being squeezed in the curriculum yeah. and has been for many years and so people are leaving school without the sort of the, the feeling of that singing together is something that we do and that it's acceptable and that it's fun. I think the kind of the footballification, to, to steal a term from James O'Brien, of, of singing is that if you aren't the best, it's not worth trying. And that if you go on TV to sing, you're going to be up against other people and you're going to be really harshly judged. And all of that goes to sort of keep people's feeling of community singing really down and and you get a lot of people say oh i don't sing i can't sing yeah. of course everyone can sing everyone has a voice everyone uses it every day it's just you need the permission and you need the sort of safe environment to mm. sing and so i think this is one of the things that the online choir that i've been running this this sort of model where i teach everything on youtube so you you can watch it whenever you like. You can sing in your pajamas. You just look at the screen. You follow along with me, and you can pause it. You can rewind it. You can do it as many times as you like, and that gives you that safe space. You're literally at home singing along, and then when you're ready, and that can be straight away or that can be two weeks later. You just get your phone out. You put your headphones on. You sing along with the guide track, and we use professional guides, uh, professional singers who guide you, and then you send it in. And then our engineers mix that together with everyone. Mm. So you are taking part in a big community singing project, but you don't have to, you know, go along to weekly rehearsals. You don't have to stand with other people and feel that sort of, I need to be really good or it's not worth me trying. I know that they say they accept anybody, but there's no way. I would give Sam Ryder a run for his money with reaching those high notes. I think he would be running. (laughs) That's for sure. <laughs> Thanks to Choirmaster Ben England. And for more info and how to get involved, you can head to GameQuiet.com. Now, the Game Awards took place recently, one of the most high-profile gaming events of the year, and the winner of Best Game... No expense, Fed. It was Baldur's Gate <laughs> 3. And our reporter, Alex Rhodes, has been taking it out for a spin. Hello, Chris and Lee. It's Alex here. Now, normally when I do these, I tend to play the game... Uh, as well as sort of describe what I'm doing and my thoughts on it. But on this one, I'm not going to play the game at the same time because I really want to get my thoughts straight on this one. It's such a sprawling game and an important game. It is, of course, 
Baldur's Gate 3. It is amazing. It is absolutely boggling. I've, it's taken up all of my time since um, it came out and it came out for console. Um, I've just been playing it constantly. You know, within the first half hour, you suddenly get the sense of just how massive this game is going to be and some of the work that must have gone into it to make it what it is. So let me start with the sort of character creator. You know, everyone, anyone who's played an RPG will be very familiar with that. For those who don't know, Baldur's Gate is based on the D&D world, Dungeons and Dragons. So I, I picked a drow, which is basically like a dark elf sort of character. Then it asks you, okay, what class do you want to be? So then you get a cho- another 10 choices of like, okay, a paladin, a fighter, a mage, a druid, and that sort of thing. And you go, okay. Uh, so I picked a paladin. And then it says, okay, what subclass of paladin do you want to be? And you're like, good God, this is just, you know, this is taking a long time here. And you think, okay, this is basically going to probably affect my combat, essentially, um, which is a big part of the game. But actually, it affects your whole playthrough. So the way every NPC interacts with you will be reflected upon that the way your party members interact with you will be reflected by that it feels like almost every small choice you make decision you make impacts the world not just in the immediate game but all the way to act three it's christmas right your mum your your grannies come round. uh you want something a game that you can all play or something you can put on that also your little nephews will come on do you remember when Wii Sports came out and people who didn't play games were like, oh my God, this is amazing. How did they do this? Baldur's Gate 3 is that game, but for people who develop games, I imagine. I imagine there are professional people who've made games before for years and years and years. And I imagine they pick this up and they think, how is this all working? <laughs> how is this all coming together? All these systems uh, without crashing every 10 minutes. Um, the sort of interactions you have are amazing. All the sort of characters you have in your party are great well i say i say all i don't know because uh, early on in my playthrough i killed off one of the sort of permanent characters you can get to join your party they're out now they're not in the rest of my game <laughs> and yet the game you know carries on it doesn't say oh oh you know you can't do that they're going to stay alive that this needs to happen for the story to progress nope they're just out all the interactions they've had the hours and i mean hours and hours and hours their voice actor will have recorded just cut out the game <laughs> so if i were to play this again it would be completely different uh, this is definitely a game i'm going to come back to over and over again because i don't even know how many endings there are I, i'm almost paranoid to pick <laughs> anything in case it you know um sends me down a path i didn't know was going to happen if you can't tell already this is me giving you a big recommendation two thumbs up 10 out of 10 that sort of thing this is a real storytelling jump and this is a real like how much you can pack into a game and how much your decisions can really affect the world around you. There is a whole sort of world here and it can feel a bit like overwhelming. You're dropped in it. It's not quite it doesn't do great on the whole tutorial of like this is how this is what you do. This is how you play the game. I sort of stumbled my way through it and it took a took a little while before I kind of understood, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing and this is what is possible in this game. So I would say, you know, watch out for that first hour. It can feel like, oh gosh, I'm going to bounce off this. But as you get into it, it really comes into its own. Thank you, Alex Rhodes, our Baldur's Gate correspondent. Everyone's getting the title today. He's got a very long title, hasn't he? Baldur's Gate 3 correspondent. slash Dungeons and Dragons correspondent. So it's like extended. Two for one. Value. (laughs) 
And as part of the Naked Scientist team, it's always interesting to see how science helps to make video games more accurate. Yeah, you love a dinosaur, don't you? I don't love a dinosaur. I love multiple dinosaurs. Oh, all the dinosaurs. No, no. Not all the dinosaurs. Oh, just a select few dinosaurs. A select dinosaurs. few. Oh, I see. Like what? Triceratops. Raptors are quite cool. But T-Rex is my favourite. Brachiosaurus as well. Mm. So actually, yeah, quite a few. Yeah, quite a few. Well, there's a game that's come out called Paleo Pines, which involves an awful lot of dinos. I've been speaking to the producer of the game called Aisling McElroy and a paleontologist, Natalia Jagielska. I think we can all agree that at some point in childhood, you've seen a dinosaur film and you probably cried. You probably really enjoyed it. Nobody's like oblivious to dinosaurs. Um, but I was never really like massively into dinosaurs. And then as soon as Paleopine started and we started to like design and concept all these different species, I fell in love. I started to have my favourites. I have, like, it's a rabbit hole. You start to fall down. I watched Jurassic Park 3, the bad one, with my dad. <laughs> and I grew obsessed with the raptors because, like, they killed people with the sickle claws. They had this weird feathery things on top of their heads. They barked, and I was obsessed with the raptors. And that's from that point on, I was interested in dinosaurs. The game definitely has a sort of Animal Crossing feel to it are you aiming this game at younger kids or adults as well perhaps who might want to play in a sort of what i would describe as like a cozy world yeah i definitely think you've like nailed it on the head i think the game like it's one of those games it is a cozy game it's kind of like a child could play it but a lot of adults find almost like that pace in those types of games. It's like one of those things where you could just spend hours sinking time into it without even realising you spend that much time in it. And Natalia, you consulted on the game. What sort of things were you asked to inform the team about? I, I was asked how that sort of poops would look like. So there's some poop, <laughs> which is actually a big thing in the game. Paleopines, it sticks true to the discoveries we know and also has other, you know, creative liberties. Like the biggest aspect of the game is the animals singing and responding to you playing a flute. And of course, like dinosaurs in real life, they are not engaged in agriculture and horticulture. Sometimes we get trace fossils, but something like animal sounds, that just gets very, very tricky. Actually, when the game was close to being released this year, a Japanese team found a voice box with an ankylosaurus. Yes, I remember. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> so ankylosaurus are like those weird dinosaurs. They have, they have this big arm on top of them. They have clubs on the tails. They're like tanks that are moving on four legs. So you see this kind of big animal. I think, oh, it has to make some kind of grubbly, you know, deep sounds. And it turns out the larynx was kind of very flexible. And it maybe could even facilitate the chirping, like high-pitched sounds. So the game sort of predicted things which would have not been discovered yet, <laughs> just by accident. I never knew as much about dinos until I started working on this project. Um, I'm still by no means an expert. I still can't pronounce half their names, but um, I, can, I know what they are when I look at them. Um, if you learn something, amazing. If you get some sort of escape, amazing. I can say from all of the development team that we're really proud of what we've achieved and I really hope that we can just keep creating content for it as well and every time like obviously within paleontology there's more and more discoveries and like even in our game I'm pretty sure there's parts of our dinosaurs that are not scientifically correct anymore and because of new discoveries that have happened while in development um so I think it's something that we definitely want to build upon with that learning aspect yes I mean video games are great access 
this point to a lot of sciences, to be honest. Unlike museums or education, they're not as class stratified, so anybody can access them. And like I entered my fascination of pantology from Jurassic Park 3 and then Jurassic Park games. Uh, if it's going to reach new audiences that might previously haven't that have not been previously interested in dinosaurs because they read them as this scary creatures, something for boys. So it's slightly different perspective. And the more entry points we have the better it is, because that we attract more people from different walks of life and different demographics, which is something very important for all sciences. Thanks to Aisling, McElroy, and paleontologist Natalia Jagielska. You'd love her job, wouldn't you? I, you know what? I was just about to say, did you know what I wanted to be growing up? Well, yeah, you told me you wanted to be a baggage handler at the airport. No, 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 no this that was your before. Second... This was my second, oh, I see, yeah, right. my second choice of, of career. What, dino? dino yeah, expert. yeah. I wanted to be an archaeologist like uh, Dr. Grant. On Jurassic Park. Uncovering the bones. Yeah. And I realised, actually, I don't know, it's a lot of hard work, isn't it? You've got to get your hands involved. It's a lot <laughs> of grafting, isn't it? You want to just sit in a studio instead. Just look at look at dino eggs. Anyway, this is Five Life Science with me, Lee Milner, and... It's Chris Barrow here. From the Naked Gaming Podcast team, we've been let loose on Five Life Science this week. And I thought we'd do our top five games of this year, because I tell you what, it's been a really outstanding year for games, particularly mm-hmm. early and late in the year. So in at number five, if we go all the way back to February, do you remember do, that? Do, 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 there is going to be music under this <laughs> It's a highly produced uh, experience, this. Now, if you remember back in February, I don't know what you were doing on February the 1st. Oh, yeah, giving birth. <laughs> uh, but while that was happening, Harry Potter Legacy was being released. And for fans of the books, it's probably the best way to experience Hogwarts. But beware, if you like Harry, Ron and Hermione, they aren't in this game. In at number four, also around at that time, the sequel to one of my favourite games ever came out. I can't... I mean, it would come out whilst I'm giving birth. Uh, Little Nightmares 2, if you haven't played it, it's amazing. It's scary, it's a puzzle platformer, it's basically everything the first game had to offer and more. And you can get the first one now on your phone. Amazing. More scariness and another sequel in at number three. It's Alan Wake two because it's a sequel obviously more horror it's done this so well it's really good pacing and if this is a word which i don't know if it is it's unput downable does that count i reckon highly recommended in at number two is sea of stars now this is one of your favorite games isn't it chris it's a classic mix of childhood rpgs that you might have played on the game boy like pokemon but with a modern twist i'd say director thierry boulanger has been waiting to make this game all of his life so it's going to be good so I've been building this fantasy world in my head since I was a kid, so elementary school. It was kind of like the inception there. Uh, I feel like we have so many games, uh, and the idea was to make something that would be a bit lighter, uh, more of a, a callback to a certain simplicity. And in at number one, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, another sequel. It's the year of the sequel, isn't it? It was Breath of the Wild's follow-up. You can build stuff in this one, though, and you're a lot more powerful it even runs on the Nintendo Switch just as well as the first one, which is kind of unheard of, really using the technology. But it's an exclusive, so you might end up being the one with tears in your eyes if you don't have oh, a Switch. You can tell you, you've been practising those dad jokes. Loads of sequels in there. Also, Spider-Man 2, worth a mention, just oh, came it's out really recently. Good, that, isn't oh, it? it's just amazing. Uh, and there's another game that people have been raving about, which we haven't touched until now we've been saving it for this episode of five life science super mario yeah, but it's sort of it's a weird name super mario bros wonder hmm. yeah it's a hmm. long one 
Just a quick description before we get into things. So Super Mario Bros. Wanda is a 2D, so two-dimensional, side-scrolling adventure platformer game, a little bit like the classic Mario games that you might have played when you were younger. Now, there are these things in it called Wanda Flowers. They're game-changing items that trigger exciting moments, they say, like pipes coming alive and unexpected events that happen. It's all a bit mad in the game. You can play it in multiplayer as well. Lots of things to do. Two to four player, of course, in multiplayer. You can collect coins, there's badges... And there's these flower seeds as well, all while you're trying to take down the big evil boss, Bowser. It's out on Nintendo Switch and it's around £50, so let's dive in. Oh, exciting. Come on then, sit down. I want to play. You can be player one. Who are you going to play as though? I want to choose my character. You can do Mario, Luigi, Peach, Yoshi, Red Yoshi, Yellow Loshi, Light Blue Yoshi. That's hard to say. Red Yoshi, oh, yellow Yoshi. Wait, go. Red Yoshi, yellow Yoshi. Red Yoshi, yellow Yoshi. I red, red Yoshi, yellow Yoshi. Red Yoshi, yellow Yoshi. Red Yoshi, yellow Yoshi. Light blue Yoshi. I like to be Toad in this game. So, I mean, I've played the original Super Mario Bros. Deluxe U. Great title. Who are you going to be? Well, I'm a queen, so I'm going to be Peach. Well, she's a princess, but okay. <laughs> Famously a princess, right? I'm Yellow Toad. I'm excited. Oh, oh, here we are. Welcome. Very bright. To the Flower Kingdom. Okay. Peach and the others are traveling. I never, I never read any of it. Just, just go forward. Oh, forget the story. So, first impressions, Chris. It's a brighter game than the yeah, last one, isn't it? The backgrounds are bright. much brighter. Oh, you jump pretty high. You do jump high, don't you? It's very pretty. It's a lot more colourful. They changed the colour scheme. Can you sprint? Go on, Peachy. Yes, go on, Peachy! How do you sprint? You uh, press Y. They all seem to be arguing about something. A big blue flower. How do you skip this bit? <laughs> You'd hate cutscenes or anything. You just you? guess. You just guess it. Oh, we've stolen the Wonder Flower. <laughs> oh, I see. That's why it's Super Mario Bros. Wonder, because the Wonder Flower has been stolen. So, everything's, I would say, quite similar exactly to the, the old games. Exactly the same as yeah, the last game, It just looks game, yeah. nicer. So this is on the <gasps> Nintendo Switch. I'm I've just... just turned into an elephant. Wow. I'm a massive elephant, though. So I can sense already that this is going to be a bit of a madder game than the previous ones. Oh, I love it. The previous ones. Oh, I've worked out how to sprint now. Oh, well done. I would say it looks like a typical Mario game mixed with a bit of Kirby. Graphics are much brighter, but essentially, it's the same game. Oh, you got a Wonder Seed. Okay. What did that do? Oh, we can squirt water now, look. Ooh, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, so that's it. We've completed the first level already. Um, and it's basically more of the same. It's more of the same. If you're a fan of Mario and you enjoyed the last one, you'll love this one. It's a bit more mad, though, isn't it? Like you're turning into elephants, but the story is just as pointless as ever. <laughs> I think it's good. Good multi. Can you imagine playing this in four player? I think this is something we can play when Theo's in bed and come back to. Yeah, and also it's portable, obviously, on the Switch, so it's just more of the same, and I like it. Is We're it... a sucker for Super Mario games, aren't we, though? I know, there's a plenty of them as well. They've remastered the RPG from back in the day. What was the one that we absolutely loved? Like, we couldn't, we literally couldn't put it down. The first one the of first, these. It was the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, the first yeah. one of these. We actually, Super so Mario good, U Deluxe. <laughs> yeah, and you had, the, um, you had the alternate world one where you could be... Uh, Luigi. Luigi, yeah, Luigi. that was awesome as well. So that's highly recommended. But so is the new one. If you haven't got, maybe, well, you won't have any money left after Christmas, but <laughs> January payday. 
Anyway, we're nearly out of time here. Just a quick mention for some games that we're looking forward to in 2024. Ooh, ooh, ooh. can I start? Of course you can. Okay, Little Nightmares 3. I can't believe it's coming already. Ah! I, thought, I thought the studio said they weren't making any more, but they've given it to like another oh, team of so people. so good. That's why it's so good. Look, if you've never heard of this, and I bang on about it all the time on the podcast, so you play as this um, little guy in like a yellow... A hooded raincoat called Six and you've got to help him avoid and dodge all the monsters and these monsters are really scary like really scary and yeah it just it's a beautiful game it just looks beautiful atmospheric and it's isn't atmospheric, it atmospheric and it's just really cool really and really cool the next one you can play in co-op online <gasps> apparently so guess we'll be doing that when That's it's our date night sorted. Although it just says out in 2024, so we don't know exactly when that is yet. You big tease. <laughs> and the other one that I'm really looking forward to is Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine 2. The I titles know. just keep getting longer. You would be. Well, I, I, I used to like the little models when I was a kid. And then I just think the video game format is a good one for this because you can cut out all the dice rolling. Mm. And they, the trailers that are available for this and the gameplay do look in incredible it's coming out in september next year though so you're gonna to have to wait a little while for that one that's about it isn't it wow we kind of the... rattled through quite a lot there back in the box <laughs> back in the box we've had a lot of fun though it's good thanks for having us i really appreciate it and i guess we'll be back next year with more <gasps> gaming action 2024 man i know wow how are we gonna afford all the games i don't know but just think when our little one who's going to be one next month oh um, Theo will have everything to play. Everything. I'd like to see him get the VR headset on. What do you think we should start him on? Because I started on the Sega. I'd like to do that. I'd like to start him on the earliest console. I don't think that's going to go down, mate. Well, he won't know. He's not going to know how good the last what, of us when is. When Hugo, but like, like when he's mate down the road, it's like on the PS5, and, <laughs> and, and old Theo's on the Sega. I think, they'll, <laughs> I think he'll have something to say about that. His first word will be, really, mummy? <laughs> Anyway, um, it's been a great year for gaming. Yeah. Um, and I, I have no doubt next year will be even better. Cheers. Cheers. You haven't got a drink. Go get me a drink. Okay. Cheers to Naked Gamers, Chris Barrow and Lee Milner. That is it for this week. But next time, as we head into 2024, we're going to look back at some of the biggest scientific breakthroughs of the last 12 months. Until then, thanks for listening in 2023. I'm Chris Smith, and from me and all of the Naked Scientist team, have a wonderful Christmas. The Naked Scientist comes to you from the University of Cambridge's Institute of Continuing Education. It's supported by Rolls-Royce. I'm Chris Smith. Thank you for listening. And until next time, goodbye.